Welcome to Podcast Hackers, the show for podcasters by podcasters. Here, each episode, you'll hear from the best and brightest podcasters and learn how they're growing their audience, monetizing their shows, and making an impact through podcasting. And now, your host, Craig Hewitt. All right, welcome back to Podcast Hackers. Uh, this week, we have Josh Nielsen from Zencaster on the show. Josh, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. No, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Uh, this is a bit of a departure from uh, some of the norm that we've had on the show thus far uh, in terms of the types, types of guests uh, that we're having. Uh, for those who don't know Josh, he is the the founder and owner of Zencaster, which is a fantastic uh, audio recording tool that works in the browser for podcast recording. And it takes a lot of the the kind of hassle and headache and technical problems of recording high quality audio uh, off of a lot of our hands. Um, but I guess, Josh, do you want to kind of explain a little bit more about kind of what Zencaster is and, and how you got started? Yeah, I mean, the, the the basic value proposition of the app is it makes it really easy for you to record your uh, remote podcast interviews uh, in high quality. Up until now, a lot of people have been doing Skype call recorders and that sort of a thing. But those kind of inherently to the way they record, they record everybody on one side. And so your guests will be recorded with all the VoIP artifacts and per- perhaps even dropouts included in their audio. Whereas Zencaster, you just send a link to them. It opens up our app on their side and it records them locally and then uh, uploads uh, everybody's uh, a separate track per guest to our servers where we then mix them together and give you uh, a, a, a final mix track ready for publishing. Gotcha. Gotcha. And how long have you guys been uh, kind of in business and, and taking customers? Well, uh, those are not the same thing I know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, those weren't the same thing for us. I, uh, I broke ground on the app like at the end of 2014 and then I launched a, an open beta in mid 2015. And then I ran it for uh, a good, almost a couple of years in a beta while I was doing it on the side while I was doing contract work, uh, you know, part-time and then working on it part-time, uh, just because, uh, you know, it, it took a while to kind of get it working properly. And in fact, when I started building it, it wasn't actually possible to make it work. I didn't know that at the time, uh, based on what the browsers were providing. So it actually kind of had to, uh, become possible as I was building it. Um, so I took my time and worked on the side and just over a year ago, the end in November 20, at the end of 2016, we started charging. And at this point, how many, how many people are on the platform? I know you have kind of free and paid plans and stuff, but how many people are using Zencaster, whatever, on a monthly basis or on a regular basis, do you figure? Uh, you know, there's about, uh, there's about a, um, we've got like something like 40 to 50,000, registered users and then maybe you know between five and ten thousand of those will kind of cycle through using the app each month it's 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 a bit hard to get a a full handle on all the stats because there's a lot of churn in podcasting a lot of people start off and then kind of taper off and this and that but yeah tell me um, about it (laughs) any given month we've got a good solid five five thousand active hosts uh, that doesn't count their guests or their co-hosts or that sort of a thing. Sure, sure. And we're 
we do about, you know, 10,000 hours of podcast content gets generated through the service each month. That's great. That's great. I mean, we hear over and over kind of in our Facebook group and in circles where, where I kind of hang out, people talking about, oh, what do you use to, to record your podcast? You know, Skype just stopped working after this last update a couple months ago, or I'm on a PC and Pamela is horrible because it shoves everybody onto one track and all these kind of things. As you look at, at kind of like where Zencaster is now, uh, I mean, it's from from everything I've seen using it and from talking to, to other people, it, it's, a, it's a really solid tool and it's something that's providing like a really really valuable thing to, to podcasters. Um, but, but you and I were talking, uh, before we started recording a little bit that, that there's always like stuff to keep up with, with browsers updating. And, and I guess the analogy kind of for us with Castos and serious Assemble podcasting is on our end, we keep up with WordPress changing, uh, and making sure that our plugin kind of changes along with it. But, but as you look at where Zencaster is now and, and the things that you guys have planned and that browsers will allow you to do kind of in the future. What is, what do you think the next, you know, we're recording this here in the early spring of 2018, but what is the next kind of year or two you think look like in terms of remote recording capabilities for, for podcasters and, and particularly those with Zencaster? Well, I think one thing that we really have to look forward to, uh, you know, over this next year is a bit more stability in the, um, the, the browser APIs that, that support this kind of an application, it, it's been on, under pretty heavy development and they've kind of made some U-turns and, uh, you know, changed their mind on some things. Uh, but we're kind of pulling out of that phase now and things should be, uh, you know, shaping up a lot better. You know, just small, like for instance, in Firefox, they don't have a way for you to select your output device yet, you know, and... Yeah, that's, that's kind crazy. of an important yeah. thing. And, so, <laughs> and that, 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 that type of stuff is, you know, so, you know, that kind of thing, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, getting a more well-rounded feature set that, that we, then we can then turn around and offer to our users. Um, but beyond that, um, you know, there's a lot of really great stuff once, once we uh, get that foundational stuff all sorted, like already it's possible to, instead of just doing audio here, to show a video stream of each person and then, uh, to record the video. Yeah. And so, you know, that opens up a lot of interesting possibilities. A, just so you can see who you're talking to, even if you're not recording the video, but B, you know, there's YouTubers and all that kind of stuff. So that's an interesting, uh, you know, something interesting for the future. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've used, uh, appear.in. Uh, a couple times for video conferencing. I think it's kind of the same deal. It's you know right. group video conferencing in the browser, no plugins, no extensions. Uh, and I think it's a lot of people's hang up with something like Zoom, which has become more popular as well. But I mean, it's a download and it's like a Chrome plugin or something like that. And and every time you launch a thing, it's separate. And um, yeah, I'm a big fan of doing stuff just in the browser so that like if I'm on a conference call with somebody or I'm calling a customer, I can just say, hey, go to this link and we'll start a call and there's no technical anything that anyone has to do. It's it's when when that works, it's fantastic. But um I know the technology is tough to keep up with. Yeah, so definitely. I mean the 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 the, the real key is making it as easy as possible for your guests. Um there were services like Zencaster before Zencaster came around, but that were the apps you had to install. Mm-hmm. And they just never 
really took off because nobody wants to like train their one-off guest how to like install this thing and work it, you know? And Zencaster was the first mover in the browser-based recording. And once it launched, you saw all these services that were doing the uh, native app-based ones jump into the browser space pretty much instantly after that. But but that said, like sometimes it's easier for them to use like an iPhone app. That's one thing we're going to do this year is get a, a mobile app launched. As cool. Well, so. No, that's great. I mean, that's a question we get a lot is how can I record on my phone and then publish it directly and have it show up in iTunes like 10 minutes later? Um, I think that's definitely a way that podcasting is going. I mean, that's the that's the kind of holy grail of podcast creation is there's no one-stop shop to just do it all yet. Not that it necessarily has to be, but I think that there's a lot of friction. There's a lot of stuff to learn to make a podcast right now. And so anything that you can do to make it so that someone who just has something to say and not a bunch of knowledge about RSS feeds and hosting and you know microphones and sample rates and all that stuff uh, if you can make it so they can just you know come here click you know whatever then I, that that'll definitely get more people into the space and kind of free up free up people's voices i think sure sure um so so currently uh, i know i use the chrome browser uh is zencaster available just in chrome or in other browsers as well Currently, it's only Chrome and Firefox okay. and l- latest versions of them, um, just because we're kind of, you know, using the bleeding edge kind of tech that's available and, uh, you know, just Safari and um, Edge and the other browsers just don't have some of the basic features that we need. So Sure, sure. Gotcha. Uh, eventually, uh, you know. We'll support all of them once once, once they it's catch possible. up. Yeah, yeah. I know you. Uh, so when, when I was logging into to record this session, I saw uh, some stuff with post processing. What kind of uh, options do you have for post processing within ZenCaster? Yeah. So uh, basically, you know, each track is recorded separately, a solo track per participant, and then obviously, if you want to publish, you need to have uh, those mixed together. So we have a service where. You just can select the tracks you want to include, and then you you know you, you get some options as kind of what kind of audio enhancements and uh, basically we run like dynamic range compression and uh, noise filtering and gating and some other stuff to just make it sound nice and kind of the common stuff that any you know, producer would gotcha. do to your audio except for it runs automatically. Gotcha. But if I want to cut out. You know, the first two minutes or something like that, I have to bring it down onto my machine and do that and then upload it back to my media host or whatever, right? Yes, currently. Though we do hope to uh, offer some kind of, you know, at least basic editing options in the browser. Uh, it's hard to kind of, it's hard to compete with a full-fledged audio editor, but uh, most of the things that you might want to do, like cut out ums and ahs or place a, you know, an ad in, in, in a mid-roll ad or something like that are things that, you know, we could potentially do. We already have a soundboard. So if you want to do like automatically inject your intro and outro music or things like that, you can. Cool. That's great. That's great. I'd love to, I'd love to talk about your experience working in the podcasting space as a business. Uh, you're the first podcast business owner and one of the only ones that I know personally. And I would love to talk about, and maybe this is my own kind of personal 
uh, therapy time or something. But I would love to hear kind of your experience of working in the podcasting space and kind of like how you see podcasting as a as a movement and as a business um, and and maybe how it compares to other things you've done in terms of, you know, consulting and business and things like that. Well, I, got, I should preface this with my my dirty secret is that I was not really into podcasting before I started this business. Okay. It was, it was more of a, uh, I was looking for something to do. I'd already been doing some audio stuff and a friend of mine said, Hey, if you built this, I'd pay 20 bucks a month. And I was like, Oh, I think I can build that in like, you know, six weeks and two years later, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it kind of just got me started. And next thing I know, I'm running a, you know, active podcasting company. Um, but you know, I've been pleasantly kind of surprised with how cool it is because it is just the range of content that people are creating and the types of people that you meet that podcasters are kind of a, a special breed of, of people that are, you know, outgoing and charismatic and friendly and uh, genuinely interested in other people and wanting to like, share, uh, you know, there's a lot of really great qualities that I think kind of come inherent to people that are drawn to podcasting. And so when I go to conferences or when I, you know, have a call with a client or something like that, uh, you know, I mean, always interacting with really great people. So I, you know, I, I can't complain on that level. Yeah, no, my experience has been very much the same. I mean, I think people, uh, people in the podcasting space are, are kind of leading edge as well. I mean, they're content creators who are doing some other kind of content already. Typically they have a blog or a YouTube channel and they want to get into podcasting to kind of expand what they're doing already. Um, and so I think they're, they're very forward looking and, and progressive, which is great from a, from a business perspective, because they have a lot of really good ideas. I mean, we get support requests for serious assembled podcasting and Castos every day that are things that I've never thought about. And I've been podcasting for almost three and a half years. So it's great to, to have, you know, a bunch of users that are coming in and saying, Hey, how about this? Or how about that? They're thinking of things and doing things that, that I would never do. And maybe I'm kind of a basic podcaster, but that's the cool thing about it is we, there's just so many different types of people in the space that are doing so many different things. Um, that it's a really dynamic space. Well, and they're, they're, I think you, you, as you kind of touched on, like they're, they're entrepreneurial, they're innovative. And so, yeah, you're, you are going to, you know, encounter a lot of new ideas and, and kind of uh, forward thinking. And it's a space that's shaping up. Like no one really knows exactly where this is all going to go, except for that's going to be really cool. <laughs> where do you think this is all going to go? Well, I mean, I think that, I think it's actually quite important um, because it, it gives a kind of, it's kind of a, uh, I don't know, a democratic platform for speech. Like you, you don't have to have, uh, you know, a million listeners to make it onto a radio station to get your word out. All you have to do is have something to say and say it really. And then, you know, you, you get this platform to reach anybody in the world almost instantly. Uh, and I think there's, there's, I think that's, I think that's powerful. I think that's important for, uh, kind of moving ideas forward as a kind of a society. As far as where I think it's going, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's definitely going to, you know, our goal is to make it easier for 
anybody who wants to get involved to, to be involved, you know, I, do you mean like, and from a business perspective or like, yeah, I mean, I think, well, I, I, I think that the thing I'm most interested in is the type of content and how people create and engage with that content. So I'm thinking of things like people are doing podcasting on Facebook live and then recording it and sending it as a podcast later, but it's a Facebook live first kind of message you know, some people are putting on YouTube and does that make any sense or, or whatever? And then how do, how do people come up with interesting ways to engage with their audience? Cause I mean, it's, we record and people listen and then how do you, how do you complete that cycle a little bit is that that's kind of the thing where I think blogging has, has got that circle a little bit, right? Cause you have feedback and comments and things like that. Well, you're definitely already seeing this happen and it's going to continue to, to, to progress is kind of the blurring of the lines between the different types of content. One of the things that I'd really love to see to, to build into our own service is have, uh, you know, the initial recording phase be something that you could live stream out and have a studio audience, uh, you know, have your supporters or whatever, or just whoever you want come in and listen and throw ideas into the chat while you're interviewing. And then later it gets released as a podcast uh, you know, if you had video going, then it could end up on YouTube. You you could maybe pipe it out to your Facebook Live. Uh, you know, all at the same time. So I think I think all that stuff is gonna get get better piped together, to where you know once transcriptions get a little bit better, the automated ones, then it'll be a blog post as well. So kind of making it easy to get content to people in any in whatever way they want to use to consume it. Yeah, you know. Television is to Netflix as radio is to podcasting. There you go. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah. it, it's on demand. And that's that's one of the things that people really love about it. And, you know, so you continue, I think you continue to see that progressing and bringing that loop in closer between the audience and the creator. So I don't know if you remember, did you ever use a service called Blab? Yeah, right. Uh, I didn't, but we had a lot of customers at another podcasting business that I have that used it. And it was great for, what, like six months, right? And then it just fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, they they shut it down. Um, I think it was expensive to run, but it was a super, like, I don't know, I thought it was amazing. And I'm going to bring some of those ideas into to Zencaster at some point. But, you know, you had your live audience, you were doing your interview. And if someone in your audience was saying something worthwhile you could instantly invite them in to your show. And then now you've got, you know, Bob, your one of your super fans is now in your episode. And that's awesome for Bob because he's a fan of the show. It's awesome for you because you can just bring anybody who's interesting at the drop of a hat into your content. And so I, I think that idea of more enmeshing the, the, the creator and the, the audience and having them collaborate and having those collaborations kind of be the content, uh, I think is an interesting idea. And I think we're going to see, you know, more of that moving forward. No, that's great. That's really cool to hear. I think the we talked about that there's a lot of kind of churn and dropout in podcasting and people get started and they do 10 episodes and then they don't have any idea what's going on on the other end. If people are listening, do they like it? Uh, do they want to hear more of this or more of that? And I think the reason is there's, there's just not a lot of feedback. I mean, my my kind of personal podcast were 130 episodes 
and we still don't get a lot of feedback. So like uh, for people just starting, I totally get that. Like you record five episodes, you know, release them, get 200 episodes per or 200 downloads per episode. And then you're like, what am I doing? Like, but it, but if there was this like town hall kind of thing or the blab kind of thing where you have people come in and participate live during your recording and then you release it later, that would be fantastic. I would be, I would be much more excited about podcasting uh, if that was the case now. To, to that point, if you had like right now, uh, you know, if you, you go to iTunes, if you're a listener, you go there, there's no way to interact with the, the hosts there. Yeah. And the hosts are publishing iTunes, but there's no way for them to really, they have no idea who's downloading the, the shows. They don't have email addresses. They have no way to contact these people aside from hoping that they download it. Right. And so I, I think platforms that are kind of creation and consumption platforms where you can say, Hey, host create and publish on this platform. And then we'll, we'll know who your listeners are and then we'll make it so that you can, you know, have an email list of who all the people who are listening to your show are so that you can push, uh, you know, content out, you know, communicate with them, say, Hey, I've got a new episode, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, right now, like you said, you just don't know there, there's just a big disconnect that doesn't have to be there. Um, and overcoming that boundary, uh, gracefully, obviously most people don't want to have be constantly blasted by any podcast they listen to, but, uh, you know, find a way to make that happen. Well, I think would be good for both sides. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's uh, a lot of people try to compare podcasting with YouTube. And the difference there is that with YouTube, you it's a kind of self-contained world, whereas podcasting, I mean, that just the RSS type technology of podcasting lends itself to being really decentralized. So, I mean, iTunes is kind of the place right now. It might not be in the future. Um, and you probably won't ever have one place where you go to do your your podcasting stuff. I mean, iTunes is by far the leader, but there's a lot of people that get a lot of listeners from other places right now. So I think that's part of the technical trouble. Yeah. More, as, as time goes on, it's the, it's less and less, you know, I, 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 most podcasters I know distribute to multiple platforms. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because why not? And it's not hard once you get it wired up and you want to reach as many people as you can. There's no reason to centralize on one service. Yeah, yeah. Anymore, uh, Josh, are you going to Podcast Movement uh, this summer? Yes, we will be there. We uh, I just booked our hotels actually today. We're uh, we'll have me and then um, probably if any of you are, <laughs> we'll probably have some of our support reps there as well that some of you might know if you've interacted with them. So it's always fun to get out and actually meet people because you know i spend most of my time by myself behind a computer and you have this idea that there's people out there using your service like you can see the numbers but uh you don't you don't really get to know them uh so it's always fun to go and actually see uh just get to know people on more human face-to-face level leave the computers and the microphones behind and just talk (laughs) yeah yeah, for sure. I'll be there as well. I look forward to to meeting. Um, but but similarly, yeah, I, I know a lot of our Castos customers are going to be there. 
and I mean, be meeting all of them for the first time. And I'm really looking forward to it. I've not been to a podcast movement before, but um, I know from talking to other people in the business, it's a really fantastic conference. Yeah, it's great because it's not um, it's not massive. It's big enough to be useful, but it's not like so big that you know you can't get to know uh, most people. You know, I mean, you don't get to know everybody, but. You kind of see it's small enough that you see the same people that you got to know and kind of have multiple opportunities to interact with people. And, um, you know, a lot of the people that, uh, have booths or uh, are there as sponsors are kind of at each one. So you kind of get to know them over time. And, uh, as, uh, you and I apparently will probably, probably be, yeah, we always do. We've done podcast movement for this will be our third or fourth year. Gotcha. Um, one, one thing we like to try to do when we kind of, uh, are doing these episodes is, is to, to give kind of some nuggets, uh, of advice, especially for new podcasters out there. So if you had something, uh, I know you've been a guest on a lot of podcasts. I've listened to you as a guest on several podcasts, but as someone who is heavily into the, the tech side and the audio side of podcasting, what advice would you give someone who's kind of just getting started, maybe has, has recorded a few episodes, but um, is really looking to up their game on in, in terms of recording good audio so that they can do something with it later? Well, the first thing I'd say is a little bit of money can go a long way as, as far as the, the quality of your sound. So many people still use, uh, you know, earbud mic combos for recording and, you know, it works and it's, it's fine. It's not so bad that I think it, uh, you know, you're going to lose listeners over it, but you know, 50 bucks or a hundred bucks and you can get yourself a, a decent interface, uh, of, you know, a microphone that is going to sound like you'll notice <laughs> like, like when we were doing this before, when we were doing the audio settings before, like neither one of us sounded good. Right. And we we're like, what's going on? And then we switched on our, our mics, like yours is a, uh, you know, both of our mics are not more than like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And, uh, it's like night and day. So I would say, you know, don't, don't get caught in this thing thinking you have to spend 500 or a thousand bucks on your studio, but you know, a little bit of an investment is, is smart. Um, it makes a big difference. Um, obviously finding good tools to help you record and tools that you like for that are simple and easy for you to use for hosting and distributing is really you know, there's a lot of kind of old, dated, janky, not very user-friendly tools out there. So find some good tools to use, and that'll make your life a lot easier. Uh, you touched on it at the very beginning, and and I think I'll I'll exp- expound on it just a little bit. But you talked about the importance of multi-track recording. Can you explain a little bit more for folks who who might have heard that and said, "Yeah, well, what did he just say?" The the importance of why you want separate tracks for editing. Right. Yeah. So, like, let's say that I this happens to me sometimes. Like, I'm doing a podcast episode with somebody, and they're talking, and while they're talking, my wife and kid come in through the garage door, which is right by right by me. If that's all recorded onto the same track you're never going to be able to separate that out and you're going to basically have to chop that whole part of the, 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 the thing out because it's all stuck together. But if it's on a separate track, you can just mute my track while you had continued talking. It makes it so much easier to deal with little issues like that. 
Also, if like, you know, my mic is really soft and yours is really loud or anything that you might want to deal with on someone's voice or their track independently, you can. Uh, so if you could boost my volume up while leaving yours the same, if they're on separate tracks and get a much better kind of final output, um, you know, you'll figure it out. If you start recording on everything on the same track, it won't take you too long before you're, before you'll realize that you wish it wasn't that way. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is by far, I think your, your advice is spot on a decent mic. Um, and, and I'll give some specific advice. Um, the blue Yeti is not the microphone for 95% of the people because it's really, really, really sensitive. It's a very good mic. If you have a sound studio or something, it is not a good mic. If like you and I, we work at home or in a co-working space or an office, um, and there's any kind of noise around, um, that is a very sensitive mic and it will pick up all of the junk that you don't want to hear. So you and I both use Audio-Technica mics. I think they have a really nice balance of high quality, but really forgiving too. Yeah, I I would say, you know, one thing that at at Podcast Movement last year, Chris Curran uh, from, uh, shoot, what's his his podcasting school? Uh, He he did a a big, he had all, all different mics lined up in a row. And what he did is he made it so that you would, walk down the line and you would just say, hi, my name's Josh. And each one say the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. And then he would bundle that up and email it to you after at the end. And so you could hear how your voice sounded on each one. And I was actually surprised because I, the, the mic that I thought that I wanted after I did that test, I realized that, you know, I, I've got kind of a, a, a thinner, I don't, I don't have a good deep radio voice, you know? Um, and so the mic that I thought didn't really cater well to my voice. So if you can find a way to try some out first and listen to it and see how you like it, because they all have different qualities and there's no one mic that is the mic for everybody. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, cool. Josh, this has been uh, a ton of fun. Uh, I would love to, to keep chatting, but we try to keep these around the 30 minute mark. But for folks who want to kind of learn more about about you and about Zencaster and what you guys are up to, can you share where they can kind of learn more? Uh, yeah, at Zencaster on Twitter. We've got a blog, blog.zencaster.com. And um, yeah, just the, the homepage as well. Uh, if you, uh, we've got a Facebook page. I don't know. We'll see if we keep it up. We're, think, we're thinking about following the herd here. Um, <laughs> and I'll give you a... I'll, I'll give you a coupon code that you can drop in the show notes too for anybody that's interested in trying out the service as well. That'd be great. I very much appreciate it. Okay, awesome. Well, Josh Nielsen, thanks so much for being on the show. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot, Craig. Thank you for listening to another episode of Podcast Hackers. If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This goes a long way towards helping spread the word about the show to other podcasters just like you. Until next time, happy podcasting.